I'm Lisa DeLay, and you're listening to the Spark My Muse podcast. This is Soul School Lesson 157, Falling Apart. We're well into the COVID isolation time in the United States, probably somewhere midway through it, I'm just guessing, but it's towards the end of May, and what I'm noticing of myself and a lot of other people that I'm encountering online is something that seems to be mimicking the five stages of grief. And grief is really the price we pay for connecting as human beings. It's the normal price we pay and it's a normal way of relating. And the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. But there isn't a linear way that this moves. It bounces all over the place. And when we are in times of change or turmoil or something like this pandemic, we experience these stages of grief and bounce back and forth to them. Something I was noticing among people who were expressing their views and their feelings about what they were going through felt really akin to things that I'm going through too. And I try to make this program something that's valuable and something that is encouraging. And I hope that I hope that happens today. But I'm really finding myself in these times of big ups and downs too. I'm finding that I feel maybe suddenly or instantly tired or sad or despondent, seemingly out of nowhere, even though uh, nothing necessarily has changed, and this can fluctuate during my day. And I noticed other people mentioning these same qualities too. We've gone to a time of new normal where our baseline is at a different level. We have to hold back and deal with anxieties on a regular basis, and it takes a lot more energy to operate or to live normally in our life. And so all this extra energy will mean that that certain things will sneak up on us and then we might go into sort of a crash. So if you find yourself, you know, what am I dealing with right now? Why does it seem so unusual? The abnormal has become normal and it's taking your body, your, your resources emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, all those resources. It's taking extra resources from you even though you don't realize it just hearing of all the stories uh, in itself creates extra drama and grief and anxiety that we try to keep under control and create equilibrium for. But it results in depleting us. This means we have to be better at maintaining equilibrium and taking time out for ourselves before we come to a point of crash. I haven't myself figured out what this point is and what are the signs and I think it's because I am not in touch bodily as much as I should be with myself and most of us at least in the West and in the United States and Western Europe function a lot in those same ways. This is where people like Barbara A. Holmes who wrote Joy Unspeakable Contemplative Practices of the Black Church can be incredibly informative to us Theologies from people who have been systematically and historically mistreated and oppressed 
they have found ways to survive. They have found ways to be resilient and not be extinguished, not be eradicated. And one of the ways that is, this is so true in black spirituality in the United States, especially, is through lament that is bodily, that takes bodily forms. In the African diaspora in the United States, some of these traditions that came from Africa, such as drumming and singing, music and dance, continue to happen in the lives of the enslaved people here. And they worked their way into Christian spirituality and other forms of spiritual practice. And they are embodied ways by getting us out of our heads and the anxieties of our emotions and mind and being able to release them through things like song and dance and clapping and shouting. People have found liberation, expression and release. And I think it's, it behooves us to learn these practices and to incorporate them meaningfully in our lives because they can sustain us. They can bring us unspeakable joy. And when I say joy, I mean the verve and the sturdy happiness to continue on and be hopeful. I'm going to be reading from Joy Unspeakable by Barbara A. Holmes, Contemplative Practices of the Black Church, and I highly recommend that you get this book to educate yourself on the unique gifts and the unique gifts and legacy of black people in the United States. This is not understood widely by the dominant culture in the United States, and that is the fault of the dominant culture. We should know these things, and we should know these things about our brothers and sisters. And what I'm going to read to you is from page 199. It's actually the afterword in here, and this book is rich with information about contemplative practice as it comes from people of African heritage that have come to the United States originally from the slave trade. Ultimately, joy unspeakable is a mystery, and because each mystery begets another, it is a daunting task to describe the indescribable. Song, dance, and ritual help. This is how Grant Wacker describes the joy that emerges out of spiritual revival. Quote, and then there was joy, not necessarily happiness, a passing emotion, but joy, the quiet, deep-seated conviction that one's life made sense. From the beginning, Africana people in the dysphoria have defined the sensibility of their lives within the context of struggle and resistance. We have begun to realize that while overt systematic oppression may be removed, we all bear the scars and traces of racism's collective demonic possession. And yet we must all go on, and we must all go on together as a community. Accordingly, our obsession with blame and with the question of who is or who is not worthy of God's full embrace disrupts the journey. For we are not headed towards a single goal. We are on a pilgrimage toward the center of our hearts. It is in this place of prayerful repose that joy unspeakable erupts. And there's a portion on page 200 that is written in poetic form. Joy unspeakable erupts when you least expect it, when the burden is greatest and when the hope is gone. After bullets fly, it rises on the crest of impossibility. It sways to the rhythm of the steadfast hearts 
and celebrates what we cannot see. This joy beckons us not as individual monastics, but as community. It is the joy that lives as comfortably in the shout as it does in the silence. It is expressed in the diversity of personal spiritual disciplines and liturgical rituals. This joy is our strength, and we need strength because we are all well into the 21st century and we are not healed. How shall we negotiate postmodernity without inner strength? How shall we address nihilism, debilitating health issues, and political regressions that threaten the community? Since the intensity of these afflictions has not been assuaged by our high-tech diversions or church as usual, I'm suggesting an inward turn to face the inner conflicts in seeping psychic wounds that can no longer be ignored. I am also suggesting a turn toward community, toward openness, intersectionality, and intercultural cooperation and solidarity. These private and public quote, turns, unquote, will improve our chances of bringing the beloved community into being. Contemplative practices of the Black Church have been a protective membrane that held the community in safety during the crisis of overt communal oppression and of individual angst. According to cosmologist Brian Swimming, all of mankind needs to be held. The universe has a method of doing that through such physical phenomenon as gravity and the amniotic sac that holds us until birth, the atmospheric ozone layer that cradles the earth and protects it, the skin that we are in that keeps our innards from falling out, and the air that we breathe that surrounds and envelops us. According to him, when we do not feel held, we create restrictions and rules to hold us and protect us from groundlessness. In ways that we are only beginning to explore, the black church developed contemplative holding mechanisms that protected a community under siege. At the time, the community did not know that racism's onslaughts cannot be defeated by one strategy or even one generation. Like the rising and falling sea tide, oppressions returned to test the mettle of one generation after another. Those who follow in our footsteps can learn from the past, but ultimately must forge their own methods of activism, resistance, and leadership. As we do our best to center down into the silence before the shout and acknowledge that we don't have the control we thought we had and we never did, I urge you to take some time to embody the lament that is needed during these times. Maybe that involves just singing Maybe that involves drumming or humming or moaning. And maybe that involves dance and movement. But find a way to embody some of this lament in this week. It could be running or walking with music too. But I'm going to leave you with some music at the end. And I ask that you dance to it. And if you can't dance to it because it would be embarrassing or you're in the car, at least bob your head and wiggle. Move around a little bit. 
get your body involved in processing all there is to process in the anxieties of our times and let us live into a new kind of hope that brings us out from some of the torments that we're going through right now and brings us closer to each other. A lot of us are suffering the very same kinds of isolations and stresses and falling apart, the ups and downs that are characteristic of this time. And we need to know that we are in solidarity with each other during these times, that, we've, that we're able to hold each other in these ways. Let your body speak the unspeakable joy. Thank you for listening. Please visit patreon.com forward slash sparkmymuse for some extras, some extra music, and to support the show. got over How did I make it over You know my soul back in wonder How did I make it over How I made it over Coming over Tell me how we got over, Lord. Had a mighty hard time coming out over. You know my soul look back and wonder how did we make it over? Tell me how we got over, Lord. I've been falling and rising. You know my soul Look back and wonder How did I make it over mm. But soon as I can see The man that died for me Man that bled and suffered And he hung on And I want to thank God for how he taught me. Oh, thank my God how he kept me. I'm going to thank him because he never left me. Then I'm going to thank God for old time religion. And I'm going to thank God for giving me a vision. One day I'm a Cry in the midnight hour, coming on over.